Hello, friends. Welcome to That's Pretty Woo. Conversations about life, beauty, and magic. Because talking it out makes us all more connected. We're your hosts, Jordan Medina and Kayleen Seuss, two friends navigating the balance between making time for our work and passions while trying to be present in everyday life as mothers, partners, and citizens of the universe. Okay, let's chat. Jordan, where is the woo-woo in beauty and wanting to be and feel beautiful? So, oof. I mean, <laughs> I think the beauty of woo is just in, in the in how good it feels to take care of yourself because I think feelings by nature are pretty woo, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and it does. It feels good. I think in every culture there's a billion different ideas of like what beauty is, you know, there's no like one universal beauty, I don't think. And, but, and, and how you achieve them, you know, in these different cultures varies so much. But I think just the idea of like taking that time for yourself and doing something for yourself to make you feel a certain way, like that's, that's beauty. Well, that's like such a positive and nice, like description of beauty that I don't always necessarily think that like, that's not always what I think of when I think of like makeup and hair and stuff. Like a lot of times for me, it isn't always like, um, taking care of myself, but it's like trying to make me look or feel a to certain like keep way up with cultural norms. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely an element, a huge element of that too. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, that's a very positive place I to think start. It, I'm thinking of like a universal beauty versus like, you know, just our culture, but which, mm-hmm. yeah, in our culture, I think there is a, there's a huge amount of pressure to, to look a certain way. I know that I, I know that people ask me what's wrong if I don't wear makeup or if I'm tired or oh. like, you know, that's without even knowing that that's why they're asking you. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes like somebody will look different and be like, Oh, what's wrong? And they're like, I'm just not wearing mascara today. Like nothing's actually wrong. I just didn't put it on today. But it's sort of, yeah, they don't necessarily know, but it's also like, because there's a standard of how you're meant to look. Right. And I think there's a, there's times where I feel very, very frustrated by that, especially like, you know, I've worked as a hairstylist, I've worked at many places, um, where you, you have to look a certain way, you know, your hair cannot be in a top knot. You cannot yeah. come to work with no makeup on, but I which mean, you can sort of understand. Cause that's like the brand of the company, I can, but it is so it's every day. Well, it's, I'm sure it's it is exhausting. hard. It's yeah. exhausting. And yeah. you know, I'm, I'm okay with it, but it's like, I definitely require a day a week where like, I don't have to put on makeup or like do whatever. But I also, the worst thing is like, what if I run into somebody at the freaking target who's that's my client and I look thing? like, a, I just don't like you that look feeling. Like a human. <laughs> no, the worst is that thing at target. That's the kid camera when you're doing the self-checkout and it's just like all revealing and you just yeah, I hate it angle. so much I'm always wearing this like good vibe sweatshirt because that's what I wear all the time on my day off and <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like looking into the into the target camera like feeling just dread and horror yeah so it's a funny thing because like beauty is like it's a nice word and I think I think like we all as as hum, humans like to decorate things like humans that like for as long as humans have existed there's been like artifacts showing that we like to also make things look beautiful and so what better place to start than like what you are given right. which is yourself so it makes sense that we would want to like be beautiful or feel beautiful but like the definition of that and like how you decide what is beautiful is like a really interesting thing because it's 
from other people. Oh yeah. So we're often. definitely sold a bill of goods as far as like, <laughs> this is beauty. I mean, and it's varied over the ages. Like when right. we were probably like 14, it was like Gwyneth Paltrow was the, which now she is for a different oh, culture of people. Still she's still is. gorgeous. But, um, <laughs> but you know, but she isn't, but her like, you know, she isn't necessarily accessible to, to some, and then, yeah. but neither is Kim Kardashian, who's for a whole sure. other source of beauty and, right. you know, like an aesthetic that people also really subscribe to and yeah. want to, uh, participate in. Yeah. I think for me, like for beauty, honestly, like any person that you like throw out, like the most beautiful people to me are almost always the people who have like enhanced what they've been naturally given. Yeah. You know, but like that's an aesthetic too. I mean, they call oh, that like the yeah. Park Avenue face. Like, like I was listening to a podcast that was talking, it was fat mascara and they had a um, guy on who does like the more like, he calls it like the New York plastic surgery, which is like this really subtle plastic surgery where they don't focus on like a ton of fillers and all those things. And it's like, just to make you look like a little bit better version of you. Ah, and it was, it was so that's my dream. It was actually so fascinating to listen yeah. to. And he talked about like what goes wrong. And, but there's also now this group oh, of people that wants this plastic surgery to look a certain way like that that brat doll aesthetic that is very very real and very mm-hmm. very commonplace and you know like the instagram you're like throwing terms out at me that i'm There's like so what much. are I you think talking about like no there were there were <laughs> there was this thing like a year ago where all these women went in and all the doctors were hearing that they wanted to look like their snapchat filters like the fake like snapchat oh. filters with the bigger eyes and like those smaller faces and like narrow chins and it's we we definitely are in a strange strange time of like what the cultural mm. norms are mm. it's there's just more i guess there's probably well there's more access yeah. and there's more maybe variety but then there's also like yeah what you are seeing on your screen you aren't seeing the person probably. Right. But now there's also been like a big movement towards like no airbrushing and all of that. Well, I think, I think it's sort of that pendulum swing where yeah. it's like we go from one extreme to the other. I mean, we went from this like crazy Instagram, like, you know, almost like drag makeup, which I was like, Oh, I loved looking at it, watching it. It's, like, it's so artistic and beautiful. And then we moved into this very like glossier, fresh face, like very minimal yeah. one eyeshadow, like just a little mascara and a lip. Yeah. But those girls, like it, you know, what I'll say about that is like that their whole thing, concept was at first was like skin first or skin first then makeup or whatever and oh you're talking about like the founders of Glossier like the founders of Glossier like the whole concept was like skin first then makeup and it's interesting because these are people who also have access to like every laser treatment and Mm. every like, you know, the park, they have, they have the park Avenue face. Like they can, Mm. you know, go and have these expensive treatments to look like this aesthetic where you maybe don't have to wear as much makeup. So it's sort of like a high maintenance to be low maintenance, which I think of a lot. Like you're going and getting like IPL treatments and Botox and facials um, so that you can look, but then you don't have to put on a lot of makeup. But then you don't have to wear a lot of makeup. But I, but I can't say that one's necessarily better than the other. No. And actually I think that is maybe our disclaimer is that like none of this is like better than the other like um and and I'm very interested in like well where is the woo-woo in it like where are the things and I think the visual that I got when you were saying you know it's taking care of yourself was like how nice it feels if you've ever had the chance to have a facial which I just recently got into it the having someone touch your face in like a really, I'm not a very gentle person by nature. And so like when I'm putting stuff on my face, I'm, that wasn't like an inherent way of doing it. It was gently. And so I just like slap stuff on and rub stuff in. And I'm like very, I don't know, rushed and rough about it by nature, which I don't have to be. It's just how I am. Anyways, having a facial and having like someone be so like gentle and Mm -hmm. like taking care of me, that's the thing that I think beauty 
can give you access to. I think a good facial is like can be better than a massage. Oh, like, for sure. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It depends on what you need. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, that's actually like how I got talked into it was a friend was um, like telling me, well, like I like facials better than I like massage. And I was like, what? And also my skin was just a mess and I needed some like real attention and love. And I didn't necessarily get that from like my dermatologist who was like, just like, oh, I'm going to fix it medically and yeah. I was like no no no, no. I like I, mean, I just I, want someone I to think love skincare by nature like the rituals of it it is a little bit woo because it's like mm-hmm. you're taking this time and you know there's all these different steps you know sometimes shorter sometimes longer but it's like the act of like you know using each one utilizing each each one and enhancing your features I don't know I think I think there's definitely a level of woo in that. And I mean, as a hairstylist, like this is kind of, it's not off topic, but as a hairstylist, like there's an energy in hair. I mean, I can't tell you how many people come in and they're like, I I want to chop a pixie cut. And I have to be like, okay, let's talk for a second. Mm -hmm. Like, are you going through a breakup? Are you pregnant? Like, are like, what are your hormones doing? You know, mm-hmm. what is your emotions doing? Because people, there's an energy to hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, in different cultures, like people have to keep their hair covered. Like, it's such a, it's so fat, and it has to do with like hair being like sexual and like you know having an energy to it, which yeah. I do think is true. You know, people feel vivacious and alive when their hair is in good shape, right? And I think in connected to like what they. A spot like hair can hair and makeup and and clothing all of it can be like aspirational Mm -hmm. and but it also can like bring you out of like how you I woke up like this like it can like take you out of that and be like okay well now I'm ready for the day I think that's sort of why if you run into somebody at Target without your makeup on sometimes you feel a little caught off guard because you're like well I didn't like I'm not showing up for my day oh yeah um but it can also like veer off into like the mask that we use to like hide our insecurities. And I think it's more that than anything. Like I, I think so much about this because there's people like Ingrid Nielsen as a YouTuber who like, she really isn't defying like cultural norms. And she like makes a point of not wearing makeup and like to big meetings just to see how other people have reacted and like Hmm. what they, what the, reflection is and there's a lot of ways to go that are not necessarily just how you feel about yourself it's how other people perceive you sure and you you do want to have some control over that so like the idea of like makeup but like Nathan's never thought about wearing makeup before a meeting you know he doesn't think about covering his dark circles like yeah and it's though if you watch Queer Eye they do like give give guys a little little bit of like redness reducer and that sort of thing which I think that like I've always thought about that especially if a guy has bad skin or has had like a rough situation like I mean I have used cover up on my sweet husband before I mean don't tell me you've never put a little like he won't let me but (laughs) but I know men who do or like they get their brow shaped that's another movement too I mean my best friend and any man that's on camera yeah gets makeup yeah I mean any man on camera is getting makeup and if he doesn't then tell on camera so yeah I don't know it's like it's very interesting and I mean to like go like way back but I mean men were the ones the first ones wearing makeup and they were wearing wigs and they were wearing like high heels like in the Victorian era men were so done so done up I mean I think a lot about the men women argument is interesting yeah we weren't really planning on talking no but I'm gonna bring this up because I was saying this to somebody else the other day and I think we always watch like shows about like nature shows and they show us the birds and we're always like, why are the, like, why are the male birds so pretty pretty and the women aren't? And people are like, that's so backwards because in our society, and I'm like, no, it's not backwards. It's actually the same because men age more gracefully than women do kind like time is kinder to them and the expectations are less and they are looked at 
as they are looked at differently than women are. Women have to try so much harder just to be this acceptable thing. So it's like, it's actually interesting because I don't Mm -hmm. think it's different. I don't think that it's like, like, I think, yeah, we have a lot of plumage as, you know, women, (laughs) but I think that's to keep up with the men. Yeah. It's funny. Like you were saying that. And I was thinking like immediately I thought of George Clooney. Like it's like, so (laughs) I like, that's the visual that like just lifted up into my brain. And it's like, that's like so stereotypical (laughs) feeling, but you know, it, it is like, yeah. And, and I wonder, I wonder if like our hormones like cycling every month. And then obviously like if you have children that takes a toll on you, which it takes toll on the men too, but physically it changes you. And so I wonder if like the way that we age is different because we're going through this like monthly cycle men have two hormone cycles in their lives like their big thing is like the testosterone with the hair you know and that is a huge concern for a lot of men like I it's the first thing people mention when they sit in my chair even if they have like a head full of hair when they're guys and it's very interesting and they can't do much to cover that up no and it's but it's like for them that's a symbol of like virility and youth and it is for women as well I mean if if a woman is losing her hair trust me it's also feels like an issue but I think that I think it's interesting because like women have all these hormonal shifts that cause all these little subtle crazy things like where you store your weight and like where you um so and and yes it does affect how you feel like the day before I start a period like I literally I know I'm about to do it because a I crave chocolate which I never want but also because I change my outfit like six times like (laughs) nothing feels good on me and that's just not really my nature I'm like no this is not right like it's like I can't get comfortable in my own skin and that sucks. Like that's like, that's built into me. It's not, has nothing to do with what anybody else is telling me. It's a feeling that I have, Mm -hmm. you know, so beauty is a funny thing because sometimes it's not so tangible as, Oh, I can just put this on and make myself feel better. Um, although I think that stuff can help and that's why I don't knock it. Like I love makeup. I love, you know, a good hairstyle. Like the worst I've, I've realized now, like I wash my hair probably twice a week. I have very thick hair. I really need to wash it three times a week because that last day, I just like, life doesn't feel as good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel as good with dirty hair. Like mm-hmm. that's that, that, it's just that little day, extra fourth grime. day. I'm yeah. like, ugh, I just, I should have washed it. You know, yeah. that's how it always feels. So I'm just, I'm going to start scheduling it out a little bit more intentionally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think, yeah, some of this beauty world you, you definitely can go overboard in different arenas. And I think that you and I both have in different ways, but like when you're able to find like what works for you and, and to me, that means what feels good to you, but also like how you present yourself in the world. Like if you're feeling grimy, like you're going to feel grimy and that's just not like a good feeling. No, um, no amount of dry shampoo is going to resolve that grimy feeling. That's hygiene too. (laughs) not just beauty like like I I definitely have people who overuse the dry shampoo in my chair and I'm like girl wash your hair like (laughs) oh Rachel Hollis yeah like an oil patch (laughs) (laughs) um, okay here kind of like in the same vein what do you think about this whole movement which I definitely think there's a lot of woo washing woo washing isn't a word green washing is actually the word but I think there's some woo washing too (laughs) of what do you think about like green beauty clean beauty and the talk okay the toxic beauty movement. (laughs) (laughs) That's been the movement, right? That's like the life. That's what it's always been. And, um, I get really nervous and uncomfortable with the labels around all of it because it's like, I start to, I'm very, um, easily like I'm, it's easy to suggest things to me and I get like excited about it, especially if somebody 
packages it up being better for my body and right. the environment. So I'm like, okay, when you say toxic beauty, that makes me want to like take a shower. But then I'm like, wait, is there toxins in my water and in my shampoo that I need to be worried about? So there's like, it just is like a rabbit hole that can get very like scary for yeah. me very quickly. And so I think that um, the... Be, being pregnant and feeling like For every sure. chemical is very dangerous and then having tiny babies and really starting to experience for the first time in my adult life, how our bodies are like little sponges. And that like, when you have like a very brand new baby, it's like every little thing you feel like is being done to the body, the right. body of this baby. So those two things kind of like brought my awareness to like, maybe I want to use things with less chemicals and maybe I want to like use things that are more natural natural. The thing is that's a little tricky is there's a lot of naturally occurring chemicals in the world that are also very dangerous. So just to say that something yes. is natural doesn't mean that it's necessarily better. safer or better for you. But I am not a scientist. I am not a beauty expert. Like I'm just like this normal woman who's got a lot of other things on my plate. So I, the place I've landed on beauty when it comes to clean and green um, is that like there's a few brands that I like and I trust and I'm outsourcing that to them. Yeah. And, you know, if I start to get some weird vibes or some news out, then I'll like shift gears. But like, I, I honestly just, I got kind of like deep into it and was like using, I think it's like dirt, dirty something, skin dirty. I don't, there's a dirty something app where it can like, you can oh, look think up dirty, think, think dirty. dirty. Thank yeah, you. I use that. The think dirty app, you can like look up any product and it'll give you a score. And so it'll tell you like if something is dangerous or if something's safe and, um, that to me is like counting calories in the yeah. sense of like, it's a little dangerous for me because I will get rid of everything in my house uh -huh. and I will only have four products. And that doesn't feel good. Like when no. you're talking about like taking care of your skin and that feeling good, um, that doesn't feel good. So for me, I think one of the things I read at one point was like specifically with putting things on your skin, like there shouldn't be a wait three days to see if this works thing. Your skin should feel better immediately. And mm. if your skin does not react favorably to something, then it's not right for your body chemistry and like, just don't mm. mess with it, which that really like, that was like, a, that's a simple delineation. Like if your skin is yeah. reacting to something, don't use it. I mean, I definitely I relate to what you said about like pregnancy being the catalyst to get you thinking about things, which is so bizarre because it's like, why didn't I think about any of this before? And it's like, why are these things not okay during pregnancy? Like retinol mm. is something I love. You can't use it during pregnancy because of vitamin A um, in high doses can affect the baby. Okay. See, I didn't even know why. I yeah. just know it's like dangerous. Well, I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> but I went to Sephora because I was like, I felt the need to like clean up my beauty routine, which is bizarre because I also work with chemicals all day. Like I have so many pregnant clients who right. are like, should, should I not get my roots done like for 12 weeks? And I'm like, I'm doing your roots for these 12 weeks that I'm pregnant and it definitely touches me more than you. Yeah. So like, I've, I've asked you that I and I know. can't believe like, I never even thought about the fact that you like, you're in the hair every day, every single person. It definitely hair. would affect a pregnant person more than it right. would affect the one person getting, keeping it on for an hour, you right. know, and especially like, but I understand the concern. So I'm always willing to accommodate. Well, because also when you're pregnant, like you're just sort of taught to like be fearful of you, everything. Oh, I had to like read a book that helped me not to be. It was yeah. like this one that did Expecting all these case better. studies. Yeah, that Expecting was it. Expecting Better it. by Emily Oster. It's a great, great book. book. I, yeah. That's the one book I recommend reading about pregnancy because it like mm -hmm. really makes you not feel like such a nutcase because yeah. you're like, do I drink coffee? Do I do this? 
But I went to Sephora, like, you know, ready to be greenwashed. I was like, greenwash me, you know, like, give me all my clean beauty products. And this is before they had the label out, you know. But I was pregnant, and I go, and I start speaking with this woman. She was very knowledgeable about, like, what I could and couldn't use. And so she directs me to these lines, and I'd be like, what about this? And she's like, no, like, that's got synthetic fragrance. And I was like, okay. And she's like, what about this? She's like, nope, synthetic fragrance. So I'm like, what does that do? Like, I mean, all fragrance to some, like, there's fragrances now that are not, you know, that are more clean. But fragrance is, like, this thing that I just had no idea. I was like, what does it do exactly? Because, like, tell me what it's actually going to do to my baby. Like, what? And she was like, were you having a girl or a boy? I was like, oh, a boy. She's like, well, if you want his genitalia to grow, like, you really can't use. This is a conversation you had at Savora? Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) That really freaked me out. I was like, what about my diptyque perfume? Like, oh, let me live, lady, you know? Um, And But honestly, that is one of the things that's carried on with me where, like, I I really, like, prefer using, like, natural oils now as perfume. Like, I love the Palo Santo oil, and I, I have, like, Clean Reserve, which is like free of all the kind of nasties that are in Skylar is a really good brand too. That's and just there's more doing, and more people yeah, doing it. Coming but, up. but I've always been such a fragrance person because honestly, wearing a scent really makes me feel beautiful. And I, it's just like such a tie to memory and times mm-hmm. in your life. So like having a scent of a moment is very important to me. Like there's some scents I could never smell again because it just like takes me back to some certain era. Right. It, actually, the one I wore while I was pregnant. You can't wear it. I can't okay. wear it because it's like mm, pregnancy. So, yeah, in my understanding of fragrance is that it can be anything. That's like a sort of like a... It's like a catch-all a term. Yeah. that any, like, there's no regulations on what it can be. And so they can literally, like, label anything fragrance. So it's sort of like you just don't know what you're guarding against. Yeah. Is that your understanding too? It's that. And then there's actually some things that are in most fragrances that have... Um, it's like the chemical makeup of them is like an endocrine disruptor. Maybe okay. I don't know. I'm using yeah. words that I'm like, is this real? No, Do I know sound, what I'm saying? That, that sounds, sounds right. Sounds right. Okay. Um, but I also like, I don't pretend to be a chemist or an expert in that way. I mean, I'm a chemist in the salon, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, well, I think like the one other thing that I want to say about that is that I'm also like a big believer in like trusting our bodies to their filters to like save us from chemicals and things. So in one respect, I don't want to be like, unduly loading my body with something that it has to like filter out constantly. But then at the same time, like I just, if there's like some toxic beauty thing that I really, really, really like, I'm okay with using it on occasion. Mm -hmm. I can't really think of anything right now, but I definitely have some things. I just cleaned out my whole makeup collection. I was like, Nope, this is going to stay. I mean, if I find some, I always am looking for something better in the, in a, in a non-toxic product, but if I can't find it, then I'm not going to beat myself up for like using my eyebrow powder that has maybe like talc or who the heck knows, but like, I'm not going to beat myself up for using it. And then, you know, in the same vein, I think I've been thinking a lot about like hair and the big thing that I've noticed is this movement and it's an aesthetic as well as a chemical movement is the curly girl method. So like, I want to hear your thoughts because you are somebody who has curly hair. Yes. And then I'm going to tell you mine. Well, I have a lot of emotions about curly hair and I think it's like part of like how you grow up and all of that stuff. But for me, I have a a naturally very like, I would say coarse texture. It's not like ringlets out of the shower, but I have a very curly head hair. Yeah. And I mean, my dad had a legitimate Afro. I had a very tight curled Afro when I was a little kid. And so for me, like this curly girl hair movement, I like got 
like picked up by the windstorm recently and was like, I'm going to start wearing my hair curly again. But after a lifetime of finally landing on a place where I like my hair today, the way that I've been styling it, which the way I style my hair is I let it air dry. And the next day I curl it to give it some definition. And then I can let it be the next day I can wake up and just comb through it. And those curls are like stain and it's nice and it's controlled. And so it's like a little bit nervous for me to be like, Oh, I'm going to wear my hair natural again, because for so long I wore my hair natural and it wasn't what was beautiful. And it was made fun of. And I was very self-conscious yeah. about it and it was frizzy. And I didn't, one, I didn't um, grow up with anybody who knew what to do with curly hair. So like if my daughter, who seems like she is going to have curly hair, like I already, she's already going to be ahead of the game. Cause like, I know not to mess with her curls. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let them be like, we're going to curly girl method her hair yeah. until I'm ready for her to use hot tools. And then she can decide what she wants to do with it. But the crazy part about the, so a little bit about the curly girl method, it was a, originally, it's, it came up by Lorraine Massey in the 90s. I actually had this book in the 90s and oh. it's called The Curly Girl. And she's the one who originally came up with the Diva Curl line. She was a uh-huh. partner with somebody else. They owned a salon called Diva Chin. And she had worked in like a high-end salon, either like New York, I think. And they had basically told her she would need to straighten her hair to work the shampoo bowl at the time. Yeah. And it was because this, like, that's what we were doing. Because it was this like cultural thing. And she has like the, you know, like tight ringlet and she was so outspoken about it, but there's also, it's a methodology that involves, it involves the removal of certain chemicals that are like commonly found in our products. So silicones, parabens, sulfates, like are like, you cannot use these. You, it, you, it requires like a final wash to remove all the silicones off your hair. And then there's also a transition phase, which takes about six months for your hair to basically find itself again. Because if you've been straightening or blowing out or using these chemicals on your hair, it, it really is a process to get back. And so like one thing that I'll say is I'm going to do before this uh, podcast episode comes out on my Hey Pooker hair blog, I'm going to come up with a cumulative list of like the best curly girl resources because oh, I do awesome. think that it's very necessary to have them. I mean, the pro- these women read. I'm in the Curly Girl support group on Facebook. That's a great place to start. And there's a search bar. So you don't have to like go in there and be like, what do I do? Like just use the search bar because it's a great resource for like what products you can use. And honestly, most of the products are drugstore. A lot of them are products that were typically sold or geared more towards like the African-American community or women who like didn't have the choice maybe not to wear their hair curly, which wear their hair, I, the natural the texture. texture. Yeah. And, you know, you can learn about your different curl types, which there's everything from like a light wave to, you know, this and that. And the interesting thing is it also involves the utilization of certain techniques. So like you sopping wet, you would squish to condition. They have all these like little terms. So like Mm -hmm. you put all this like you put your conditioner in sopping wet. You're going to leave it in your hair. You're going to put gel on top of that. Because it's, it's like about moisture. It forms a hard cast and then you like scrunch it out once it's fully dry to give yourself like the best styling. And, and yes, it's a lot of it is about looking at your hair and learning its protein moisture balance, which mm. like all this stuff. I mean, most of my hairstylist friends, this is science. There's yeah. science to this. Most of my friends who even think they like specialize in curly hair behind the chair, like they don't know this stuff. Mm. And all these people in this community are so put out because they're like, nobody, why is nobody teaching this in hair school? And we, you don't necessarily learn this. Like yeah. I was lucky enough to go to a school that taught us a little bit, but this is really And then been, you're also very deep into research. I love research. So yeah. for me, it's been an education on my own. But I, what I will say is this, like I myself, I mean, 
in the last, my hair journey, so to speak, and that's what I call like wherever your hair's been in the last bit of time. I got married and dyed my hair red. I'd had the same, basically the same hairstyle for like 10 years, dyed my hair red. Then I chopped my hair off, realized I was pregnant and that's why I hormonally chopped my hair off. I went back to blonde to make myself feel more like normal. And then during my second hormonal shift right after the baby, dyed my hair dark brown and cut baby bangs. So, um, and then went red again and then went blonde again. So my hair is not in like the best, it's as healthy as it possibly could be for the level of what it's gone through, which like, it's not that healthy. And the idea of like putting down the hot tools, which can mask a lot of the symptoms of your hair's like unhealthiness mm-hmm. is difficult. And it, it's going to take me, I mean, really, I, I have about five inches that need to go before I could actually fully do the curly girl method and it be like a desirable result. Yeah. And so it's a part of, it's sort of like, do I do it now? Like I've dabbled in it. I'll, yeah. I'll, I've gotten up to like 30 days, but I also don't feel great about myself. And it's also much more high maintenance. Like you're right. You can really, Oh my gosh, there is no, is there an end like at eventually? Yes. Is it but easier? it's like what I'm seeing is the people who I think have done the best job. Like once you find your products, but then that can change too, because if you, if you miss your protein moisture balance, you kind of have to like get out of your products a little bit. Mm -hmm. But like once you found your products and your styling technique that works for you, I mean, there's people who like dry their hair in a strainer, like literally a spaghetti strainer. Like there's people who, I mean, it's, it is wild girl, but like lots of people are doing this. And the, the thing is like the next day, once you sleep on it, these people sleep in like silk bonnets. Like, I mean, I say these people, I've been this person, like Nathan is like, what is this look? This is not your aesthetic, you know? No, but that I've, I've read and seen like lots of demos and stuff. And I mean, this is, again, this is like some of these practices are things that have been going over in have been going on in other cultures for like a long time. And there's been a lot of, I mean, there's been some drama, I think throughout the community about some of that, like, you know, what, uh, you know, there's all these, there's a lot of conversation appropriation appropriation. and, you know, understandably so. But then I start thinking like, I'll be sitting at like the nail salon as I'm like reading this book or participating in the method. I start looking around and I start thinking about my clients and how many people really do have like pretty like curls. That's the thing that I think that I have learned recently is that when I was growing up, I thought that it was pretty rare to have curly hair. And it's hair. not. It's actually more rare to have straight hair. Because, but it's because like all the moms, after you get out of the bath, the moms brush the hair. Then you get up in the morning, moms brush the hair. And if you're brushing out all your curls, yeah, and you, have all you would never even silicone know. From like Johnson and Johnson on your head. Right. I mean, that's, that's what we've grown up with. It's this, it's the standard of where we are, but there is a lot of like it's just interesting because right now, especially with the trend being this like faux natural aesthetic with yeah, the curling iron, related to I the, think that's what yeah. I think a lot about is like, so people are like blow drying their hair straight and then they're adding in this like beachy wave yeah. when most of these people have something, but it just doesn't look exactly the way they want it to. Yeah. And when I've dabbled in the curly girl method and like gone out in the world, like some people are like, oh, your hair looks great. And then some people are like, what did you do to your What's hair? What's going on? Like you can sense that little feeling yeah, of because like, I think it, it huh. to me, it feels unfinished yeah. when you let it be natural. And that's like, that's a very vulnerable, uncomfortable place for my hair to feel because that's just how, that was my only choice because yeah. it would take three hours to, to flat iron my hair. And even then it didn't look good. But that is how we are conditioned. Yeah. And so it comes, I'm glad that this is a movement. I'm really glad. And I'm I like, it's like, but even me, a hairstylist who's pretty well versed in this method, like and has I, all the access, and has to all everything. the access. I have all the products. Like, I, even I am not comfortable fully committing because, mm-hmm. like, 
A, I think it's hard to kind of refresh your hair the next day. I think that's that's where I get, like, I don't love it because I'm like a shower at night kind of person or bathe at night kind of person. So I don't love the idea of having to, like, redo my hair completely in the morning or wash it more often than I already do. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily hold up that well to, like, sleep. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There's different, you know, there's people who have different workarounds with it, but it's high maintenance, even though it's this like natural thing, but I am interested to see where it goes and what becomes the norm. And if that becomes more of the desired aesthetic, which I feel like, like, I think it's going that way. I see it that way because like, there's all these shags coming out right now. And definitely people are wearing like curly bangs and a lot more natural texture. And like the products are definitely moving in the direction. Even like the direction of like what style clothes are in right now. Like we're heading backwards in time. And so, and some of those hairstyles were bigger and they were more like, yeah, full and and just more like natural. Um, so yeah, I do think that there's going to be, but yeah, it's a very like personal, weird feeling. I tried to wear my hair curly for like five or six days when we were on vacation, um, a few months ago. And I was just like, I don't think I don't like it. Like I just, and then I (laughs) felt a lot of shame and weirdness about like me not liking something that A, has become popular and B, is my naturalness. But that's what I'm saying. There's a pressure there too. I feel that too. I feel a pressure to, to force my hair, like to do this thing that I know it can do. I do know it can that, um, and to give up the hot tools. And if you're in these groups, sometimes on Facebook, like people can be very stringent. Like mm. I, I've kind of called it like my hybrid. Like I don't use certain things and I turn my hot tools way down because if you're, here's the thing. If you're not using the silicones on your hair, you better not use the hot tools because oh. if you don't, you are not protecting your hair. Think about like silicone mm. oven mitts. Like that's what you're doing when you're coating your hair with silicone. It's helping protect you. So I have to turn my hot tools way, way down. But oh. I kind of call it like, it's like a, hybrid version of yeah. the curly girl method. And that's where I'm comfortable with right now. But it's the pooker method. It's the pooker method. It's, some, it's something. <laughs> and I haven't quite mastered it myself. Woo washing. Woo the washing. Method. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. It's just, it, it's, I can't, I can't get enough of it. Like I love looking it up. I love seeing people's like before and after their six month like reveals, you know, and why it doesn't work for some people, but it's really like they just kind of throw in the towel too soon. And I'm like, I don't want to be be that person, but I am. Yeah. And you know, there's um, also like for me, when I see a woman with like a nice, beautiful, um, full head of hair, I'm always like, you look so beautiful and radiant. But then with me, like, I don't want my hair to be too big. And that's definitely, well, but that's from being made fun of for having frizzy hair. Like that's like, that's just like fourth grade me being like, no, 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 don't get made fun of. Like, it's just me protecting. And so, yeah, it's very funny because like on another woman, I think it's stunning. And I have some friends with great heads of curly hair. And then I'm like, how do you do it? How do you have the bravery to do it? Um, which is just such a funny little, it's a hang up that I have that I'm sure other people have too. Yeah. I'm telling you yeah. that I have it. Like I have the <laughs> same hang up. It's, it's people like, I, you did something different over there with your, with your hair, you know, and I'm a hairstylist. Like, that so doesn't like, sound like I a compliment. Need, I also need people to come in and trust me. So there's like this mm. level of like, I don't want them to think that I'm somebody that doesn't put pride into myself, especially when it takes so darn long to freaking get the look anyway. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know. It's just a really interesting thing. I can't wait to see where it goes. And and if I like ever can make it past 30 days, I'd be very curious to see what would happen. Oh, I know what you're going to do. You're going to do a hundred day challenge where you're like at the end of this. I'm done. I'm I'm done with the hundred day challenge. We'll see. I'm on to the one year challenge. (laughs) (laughs) So kind of shifting gears into, um, 
just things becoming more mainstream or things coming back into it. What do you think about rubbing crystals on your face and all of like the old ancient wisdoms that are coming back into like, you can buy a crystal roller at Sephora now. This is like, I think that a little bit of this is like that woo washing, but I don't, mm-hmm. I like do, and I don't have a problem with it. I think like gua sha and, um, what's which, gua sha? Gua sha are like stones that you rub on your face to like promote lymphatic drainage. And they're these like, I don't even know why they're shaped the way they are, but there's like different shapes to them. And typically they're made of like rose quartz or jade or different mm-hmm. things that are cooling. And, um, you really, you gotta be kind of careful. Like I highly suggest like watching a YouTube video. Don't just like go ham on your face because you, you don't want to like just push like lymphatic drainage into a part of your face and not like get it out fully like or you can not do it yourself and yeah go, go, to, a go to a facialist yeah. honestly if I've you're never just, done like, it to myself I do it myself but oh I, I watch a YouTube if you're in Austin go see Rita at Calm Skincare Studio she's the best and it has like I only get gua sha facials now yeah. um I mean I I used to like get the extractions and all that stuff and now I'm she's like it's just like a little mini um like facial not facial but like a little bit like of a lift and uh-huh. it brings the blood like it's just really you can see there's people online who will do before and afters of like each side of their face and it is stunning Mm -hmm. it's so interesting i know like a lot of women hold tension in their jaw and as you age like your jaw can um get larger and i was listening to like scott or i read in a scott barnes book once that before he does any makeup application he like touches the pressure points on a woman's cheek and like release does the jaw release and he says it takes like 10 years off their life and I think that's kind of like what all this is but Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of like Ayurveda and all these remedies that are kind of moving into the mainstream as like the beauty rituals that you know are more the norm like like oil pulling you know Mm -hmm. for whiter teeth or for all these things and you know really these are like grounding rituals in the Ayurveda principles and now it's like oh these are things that people do to make their teeth wider. I don't yeah. know. It's just it really interesting. It is really interesting. And there's like a lot more, I think, blending of like wellness with beauty also. And so things are just kind of converging to where like now you'd be taking supplements for brighter skin. Right. Whereas before I'd be like, well, just put a little bit more blush on or like oh, pinch yeah. your cheeks. I mean, they sell multiple brands of supplements at Sephora. Like that is yeah. like, there's not, everybody's drinking collagen peptides. Like they are on every yeah. end cap of every aisle in every grocery now. Like it's, yeah, I've been so I've been putting collagen in my coffee for so long now that I wouldn't actually know if it's making a difference either. It does make a difference because anytime so? I've stopped, yeah, oh, I definitely think so. Really? Yes. I do personally. For yes. a plumper skin? Plumper skin. I see the biggest difference. I mean, it's kind of whatever in cellulite. Like I see, oh. I feel like my skin, the the subcutaneous layer thickens up enough where you don't see it as much when I'm doing the collagen. And that is the one that I notice most, obviously most significant. Wow. Yeah. And there's like, but they also sell like, even speaking of cellulite, they sell like cupping remedies, which like cupping is a tradition that you can like, like it promotes lymphatic drainage. They sell like yeah. a cup from Sephora that you can like do DIY. I go to my acupuncturist for cupping also. I guess you are a more, well, first of all, you're like in the beauty space. So you're more apt to adventure and self-experiment. Whereas I'm like, I will go to the expert. Yeah. Like I, ha- you've been doing my hair for five or six years now. Like I find my specialist. And then I'm like, I will trust you with my life. I'm kind of starting to do that more. I have a facialist and massage therapist. Like, I think that's a good thing to do. And even, and that also comes with time and age and access and maybe a little bit of extra finances. Like when you're younger, like I used to just like 
go to Ulta and get my hair cut at Ulta and just like hope that I got a decent person who knew how to cut curly hair. Yeah. That's another real issue. I think with having like more texture to your hair is like somebody can really jack that up if they don't know what they're doing. I mean, I used to have somebody go through and like thin it out with like, yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you should see Jordan's face. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't like it. Yeah. I mean, my mom is an esthetician. My other sister's a hairstylist. Like I come from like a beauty family. We're all kind of beauty obsessed, always have been like girly girls in that way. Although actually I didn't wear foundation until I turned 21. And that is so fascinating to me because like I saw pictures of my, I was looking at old pictures of myself yesterday from when I was like 18 and 19. And I was like, what on earth? Like, I mean, I'm, I was a cute little girl, but like, I was like very red in the face. I think I thought like a healthy tan or something, <laughs> which is like, womp, womp. Uh, Those aren't words to use in the same sentence. Yeah. Womp, womp. <laughs> jokes on me. <laughs> so the good news is I got into sunscreen pretty pretty early I feel like so not as early as kids these days but man early enough that I feel okay about it but here's the thing about sunscreen too chemicals I don't know you know it's really this I don't know I think this I think this it's an interesting subject of the sunscreen stuff I mean there's a lot of like correlation versus causation Mm -hmm. uh in those things there's a lot of stuff about like mineral versus chemical you know or physical rather uva versus uvb yeah but i think just wear the sunscreen because when you look at like the i think when you look long term at like the effects of the sun versus like the sunscreen yeah well also um i mean there's also things that we used to do that we're not doing anymore that's going to set everybody up in a lot better place like we're not slathering up in oil oh yeah i used to put afrosheen on my body yeah and like lay bake in the sun on top of my best friend's like they had like a hot tub cover and we would like lay on, I mean, or like asphalt. I would literally get on like the asphalt roof of my house when I was like 18 and be like. Are girls doing that now? I hope not. I'm sure somewhere, but don't do it, girls. Like, I know, it's don't just do it. You think you won't care about like youth when you're young. Like you don't, you think you won't care about aging when you're young. And mm-hmm. it's like, you will. I remember I've always rubbed my eyes terribly. And I can remember like being in ninth grade and my friend Caroline Webb looked at me and she was like, Jordan, you really have to stop rubbing your eyes because you are going to like, it is so bad for you. That's like the first place that you're going to see your age. Oh my God. And every day I look in the mirror and I'm like, damn it, Caroline, like you were right. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I mean, aging is like a really interesting, like all of the topics that we're bringing up make me uncomfortable. Um, but I feel pretty good about aging. I'm at a point of peace right now in the sense that like, I've been lucky enough to have a few older women in my life that have lived long, happy lives and, and have aged yeah. and, um, aren't necessarily like, I wouldn't know if they would say, like, oh, I'm super jazzed about my wrinkles, but like, I love the way that they look. And I, um, appreciate that they've earned that face and those wrinkles and like, what a gift to be able to live a long life. I mean, that's like, I think what we want. Yeah. I think it's easier like said than done in some ways. I mean, I, I would definitely say that like in my life that has not been like the, like it aging has not always been embraced in my family. It's like a difficult thing. But I think there's like a level of like fear surrounding it and I don't want to have that. So I, I like try to work against that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely don't wish I were 18 or 19 again, only because I'm like, thank God I'm not mentally that person. But yeah. I think 25 was like a really good year for like, like age wise that yeah. I felt really good in my body and in my like skin. Mm-hmm. And I, there's definitely little subtle things that like I notice as I age, you know, like we're in our mid thirties. Oh yeah. Just so you know, like yeah. we're mid thirties. And, and so it's like, definitely there's things that when you were in your mid twenties, did you have 
that presence of mind to be I like, did. I'm in a good spot. I feel that's like I great. did. That's I was good. really lucky, but yeah, that's almost worse. I didn't. That's almost worse. Because <laughs> then you, when you're on, when you're, when oh, you don't have that, you're like, yeah. oh, but I had that. Like yeah. I had this presence of mind to feel good in my skin and feel really good about myself. And it's like, will I ever get to feel like that again? Well, like, take ugh. yourself to 55. And like, what are you going to think of like in your mid thirties? Are you going to be well, like, I try, oh, yeah, I try, yeah. I'm trying to do that and be more like, and you know, I think we each get moments. Like sometimes you yeah. look in the mirror and you're like, dang, yeah, girl. And then sometimes you look in the mirror and you're like, ugh, not today. Woof. Like, I don't know. Like, I've been trying really <laughs> hard to speak outwardly when I am feeling myself. I've been trying to like tell my friends, like, I feel really pretty today. Or like, I really like this outfit. I think that's a good habit been, to cultivate. Well, because yeah, one, it makes me feel better, but two, it like tells you, my friend that like, you can also tell me when you feel pretty and like, yeah. let's start, let's start like acknowledging that. Cause like, what are we all hustling to like put on our makeup and do our hair and get cute clothes? Why are we doing all of that? If we never talk about how good it feels to, to feel put together. That's true. It definitely feels better than when I'm in the Target camera with my Good Vibes sweatshirt. But to be honest, like you are adorable even oh, in that. Well, thank you. But you know, it's it's different in yourself. Like, yeah. I mean, and it's who has the wherewithal to really see themselves as other people see them anyway. Like, I mean, I can't say that I've ever really felt that. Like, I've, have I ever felt like just this like stunningly beautiful creature in my life? No. But, well, you know. Yeah. I mean, you are a stunning, beautiful oh, creature. You're so kind. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, before we wrap up, Jordan, I did want to just chat. I love when people talk about like the specific things that they are really liking right now or the brands that they're into. So like, what are your beauty favorites? Do you have Ooh. any? Um, it, yes. Like when I'm doing the curly girl method, I like the kinky curly line, which is like, you know, I think that one's great. It smells good too. Um, I love R and co when I'm not doing the curly girl method. That's kind of what mm. I, what I have in my shower currently. I know you guys, I just like love being at my hairstylist house and like looking in her shower and being like, <laughs> what is Jordan? Oh use? God. It's like, I mean, I use like Dr. Bronner, like know. something <laughs> very so basic. Yeah. Um, face, facial stuff. I have a lot of favorites, but I like, I love the drunk elephant baby facial as a classic for like an ex, a nice, like weekly exfoliating treatment. I love the, um, I really use a lot of like CeraVe and like stuff like that for just basic stuff. And then I, I like Sunday Riley a lot too. I love their retinoid or retinol oil. That's I love like facial an investment oils. brand, right? It's, no, it's not bad. Oh, it's like, I mean, okay. I feel like I'm into that like mid tier versus like, like I don't use La Mer, which is like a $300 face cream, you know, even though okay. I think it's great. I think there's better, there's other alternatives. But I think, you know, my my happy place is like if the product costs about $100 and I'm also like I'm not so liberal with it that I that it doesn't conserve. That's the thing that I've been learning is like, yeah, you don't have to like plow through your product. No. Oh, the other thing we didn't talk about is like project empties and like actually using the yeah. stuff that you buy. Well, but I think we might get into that. In, in a different a future episode. future episode? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll run through my favorites real quick. I'm obsessed with Glossier and Beauty Counter. So when you were talking about that, like, effortless, easy, five-minute face, like, that is what I'm aspiring towards all the time. And on skincare, I've recently become obsessed with Mae Lidstrom. Uh, I just love her products. And also One Love Organics is, like, another mm. one of those, like, clean beauty brands that I really like. And I have my eye on True Botanicals. Have you used any of their stuff? Mm -mm. Okay, well, they're also, like, in that wellness, like, category. And I saw their founder, Hillary Peterson, speak at an event in Austin, and she was just, like, one of those lovely 
lovely humans that I'm like, oh, I want to give her my money. And also like, it seems like her products are legit. And then the other thing I've discovered recently is Rodan and Fields, which, you know, people have mixed feelings about. My friend Christy started selling them and I love their lash boost. I didn't know. I had no idea how postpartum hair loss impacted my eyelashes, but it really did. And so using Lash Boost like brought my lashes back and that has made my eyes feel like they're mine again. Yeah. I love Lash Boost. Yeah. Well, friends, um, the new moon is just a few days away, which means that another edition of our Woo Letter will be going out to subscribers. If you're not familiar with the Woo Letter, it's our monthly newsletter where we share playlists, inspiration, and updates with each new moon. You can visit thatsprettywoo.com to subscribe. Next week, we're talking about stuff, minimalism, and creating spaces with good vibes. We'll see y'all then. Bye, friends. Bye. Thank you, friends, for listening. Please connect with us at thatsprettywoo.com and on Instagram at thatsprettywoo. Make sure you subscribe to catch next week's episode and share our pod with anyone you know who's into stuff. That's That's Pretty pretty woo. Woo.